Hello, Sobertown, and welcome to the Sobertown podcast. This is your bargain day, two for one. I am Polly, and on the train with me is my colleague. Karina. And Karina and I have a very special guest with us today. Good morning to King 13. Good morning, ladies. It is lovely to be here. I'm ready to ride. Ready to ride. Yes, we have our cups of tea. We are discussing tools and we need tools to help us combat with our alcohol. And every tool we come across, um, there was a post a couple of days ago by one of our friends, Mr. Drifter, who steals tools. (laughs) And he only expressed what we all do. Um, We steal from each other and we try and find what works for us. Um, Ladies, are you tool thieves? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Guilty as charged. (laughs) Tool thieves and borrowers. Yeah, we like the borrowers, aren't we? Sneaking around to see what we can find and uh, hiding it under the floorboards or in our toolkit ready for for use as and when needed mm-hmm. yes and one thing we, we we read about within the app is while people are, are using their toolboxes to give up alcohol one thing they're struggling with is <laughs> the new addiction of sugar <laughs> it becomes um not sure i've not done the research behind it so this is something i maybe need to research why we crave the sugar is it because um Alcohol comes from grapes, which we associate with sweet things. Um, do you know, Karina, about the? Um... Well, I think it's because that the it's got such a high sugar content, hasn't it? Alcohol, although you know a lot of the sugars are made into alcohol when it goes into the body. It's stored as glycogen and glucogen, and it is alcohol. And it is sugar rather. So when we stop that sugar <laughs> intake, um, it kind of makes you want to replace that that sugar that you're missing from your alcohol. And also quite a few of us give up smoking at the same time or alongside alcohol. Um, and I didn't realise this until, until I gave up in the last year, um, that actually nicotine does increase your blood sugars. So where's we always thought you used to want to eat when you gave up smoking because yeah. it was boring. Actually, nicotine increases blood sugar levels. So when you stop smoking as well, your blood sugar levels drop. So you get the craving for sweet stuff and for for junk food. So you had a twofer. Yeah. You got smacked <laughs> with uh, giving up the alcohol and getting the sugar, the, you know, wanting sugar from that, giving up the cigarettes. And also that one as well. So you got smacked double time. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I did. But I gave both up at the same. So I gave both up at the same time. But then I had a little relapse. Um, so it was the end of July. I gave up both last year. I had a little relapse from the drinking for a week. Um, but I didn't go back to the smoking. Because I was actually getting to the state where I had to have alcohol to smoke sort of thing. Because I had to have the two go together. Um, so I had a little relapse on the alcohol for a week and then gave up. But my cravings, actually, I have to say, but then I was taking nicotine replacement. So that did help with that. But it, it was really when I stopped the alcohol that I literally started binge eating 
I mean, even stuff that, that I never used to eat, like crisps and ice cream. Um, I mean, the vegan ice cream, because I try to stay dairy free until I have those moments like this weekend where I decide to just beat myself up a bit more, you know, but. Um, Why do yeah. we do this to ourselves? Um, King, how are you doing with your sugar? Crap. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Karina said, um, I wasn't a big eater before because I was getting everything I needed from my wine. And when I stopped, just out of the blue, I had this urge for sweets and ice cream and potato chips, and I was constantly hungry. And I thought, oh, it's those grapes. It's those damn grapes. They're getting to me. And my body had been so used to so many grapes for so many years, I knew I had a battle on my hands. It was as simple as that. And it's been two months of hell. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And as I said to you before, I think with the ice cream, I think Ben and Jerry I'm dating because I'm spending more time with them than I am with anybody else at the moment. <laughs> and so I'm playing up on my husband with them and I can't get enough of them. And I'm serious. <laughs> and it's a flavour after flavour after flavour. I think so. Yeah, I think once you start it, it is so gosh darn hard to stop because it, it's almost like with the alcohol. You think, I'm only going to have one glass of wine. I'm going to moderate. So you think, I'm only, me and Mini Magnums are very best friends. I love Mini Magnum. Mini Magnum loves me. And I think I'm going to have one. I'm going to have one Mini Magnum. Then I'm sat there and I can feel my fingers tapping, 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 because I can see the Mini Magnums in the freezer calling my name. So then I have two. So I can't moderate. So last night, the last ice cream fell out of the freezer into my mouth. I disposed of it. I gave it a decent disposal. And the only way, and it's my own fault because I'm the one who does the grocery shopping. Correct? Mm -hmm. Yep. So it's my fault I'm eating it. If I don't buy it, I can't eat it. And I and that's how I think about some when I first stopped drinking. If I don't buy the wine, I can't drink the wine. Yeah. And 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 I'm like that. I mean, for years actually, I can't moderate in anything. So I, I have um, you know, if I make 12 even paleo muffins, like, you know, with all the, the right stuff in, um, I can't just have the one. I have to mm-hmm. eat them all till they're gone. Yeah. If I get a bar of chocolate, a packet of biscuits, I have to eat them all. Um, and so I just don't buy them. I just don't, and I haven't for years. I just don't buy them until I gave up alcohol and it just got, well, I just, I can't tell you. You know, it was disgusting, really. We had, we, we'd have tables full of just junk and snack food, Andy and I. And to the point that we just wouldn't eat, eat dinner because we'd put a movie on. I mean, it was in lockdown and it was winter, you know. Yeah. That's my yeah <laughs> and we just hunk it down um and yeah I, I've had a real problem with this weekend but actually interestingly what one of the ladies said which I hadn't thought of was is it some sort of comfort to childhood and I thought yes you know it is whenever I fell over whenever I hurt my knees or get a lolly back, you get a lolly or you get a sweetie even when we used to go to the dentist We'd get a lollipop from the dentist. I mean, they've changed the stickers now, but the dentist <laughs> is still a lollipop. 
you know, even if I didn't get hugs as much when I was young, I would get a sweet if I was hurt. And so it's like kind of my way of giving myself a hug, I suppose, and giving myself some comfort, even though I know it's poison. What about you, Debs? Can you associate yeah, it with childhood? I was sitting here last night actually thinking, and I've swapped the ice cream out a little for chewing gum. So I go and buy about 15 packets of chewing gum, of which lasted three days. So, you know, I'm like Karina. Um, I, I hope it's not that sugar-free stuff no, that you've got to be it, careful it is, of. It's sugar-free, but I still think it's bad. You're right. And um, But, yes, definitely. And I thought, what am I filling myself up with? Because that's what we did with the alcohol. We were masking something and numbing for a particular reason. Mm-hmm. So I thought, this is what I'm doing now. I've just switched addictions to sweet things. And the more I have, the more I want. And so now then I went, all oh, right, I'm going to curb it to carrots. <laughs> I'm playing these silly mind games with myself, but carrots just somehow aren't as satisfying, are they, ladies? No. I sat with a packet of nice chocolate digestive. I hadn't had a chocolate digestive in I cannot think. When was the last time I ever? And occasionally I go to a shop over here, World Market, and I can get some British stuff. <clears throat> and they had McVitie's chocolate digestives. And they have sat, they've actually sat in the cupboard for six weeks. I haven't wow. touched them until Saturday. I went to Weight Watchers first thing Saturday morning and I'd lost a bit of weight. So what did I do Saturday afternoon? (laughs) (laughs) I ate half a packet of chocolate digestives with a cup of tea. And I'm looking at the biscuits and I'm thinking cookies to everybody here, double language. Um, What did you do that for? And it was, and I don't know about any of you, you get the craving, but a lot of it is mindless eating. Definitely. Yeah, mindless eating. It's like when you get that big bowl of popcorn. In goes your hand, hand to mouth, hand to mouth, hand to mouth all the time. Do you do any of you do that with that like that, like mindless eating? Yeah, I mean, yes, today I was even unwrapping the chocolate and it's chocolate eclair before I'd even halfway put the other one in my mouth, you know, and just completely um yeah just shoving it in shoving it in continually um which isn't isn't good at all you fill up and i i don't know whether yes oh karina you got a a poor connection i think you're on the wrong side of the train get over our side of the train come on guilty because i Bye. Okay. I'll turn the washing machine. <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> yes. It was the washing machine's fault. <laughs> <laughs> I was in the bedroom because I've got the washing machine on, so I've come through to the front room. But but yeah, yesterday I think because I was just feeling um when so did you put a washing machine on the train. Oh, it's getting good. It's twenty twenty one. We've got um all sorts of technology. The mod cons. <laughs> Oh, I love this. I love it. So, oh. but yeah, go ahead with the mindless eating. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. I do it all the time, you know, and especially things like you said, popcorn. You're sitting watching telly or the movies or whatever. You just 
hands going in, isn't it? And just shoving it in your face. We don't do one little pop. Well, I don't know, you might do, but I don't do one little pop coming at a time. You get a handful, don't you? And like, and I, and I don't know why, but I, I, because it drives me crazy because the kernels get stuck around my teeth mm. and it takes me two <laughs> days to get, to, to, to get those darn things off. Um, do, do you do mindless eating, uh, King? Uh, yeah, I sometimes do, especially with what we call English lollies, like oh, the gummy ones, yeah. English wine gums and pastels and things like that. And so if I start on a bag of them um, and Australian lollies, I can't stop. I got a box of Australian goods the other day. Um, it was so big, I think it's contributed to all the pounds that I've put on because there's nothing left in the house, I hate to tell you. And it was so good at the time and now I'm sort of done now. I'm a bit like, okay, today we have to reassess and get back to the carrots. I think, I think it's time. Summer solstice, let's all start working towards, you know, a new uh, – we've worked hard towards getting – to this point we've used as many tools as we can steal gather whatever to get ourselves here so now we're going to use those tools to get ourselves eating better i mean what tools from your alcohol toolbox would you use uh let's give this to you king what would you use from your alcohol toolbox to help you with your eating yeah, well, it gets back to the Annie Grace book, really, The Naked Mind. I don't know if I'm allowed to refer to that. But the act um, where you acknowledge you have clarity and you turn it around. So I have to stop. I'm, I eat really, really well. I'm like green is good. And I'm, I like to go on what I call the green diet. So I eat everything green, Brussels sprouts, broccoli, lettuce, eat a lot of fish. Um, I eat very, very well. I really do. But you're right, any of those tools that are in the toolbox can apply to really anything that we want to um, change or do for the better. I'm having a little trouble with exercise now at the moment. I think that's the other thing I've got to get around as well. But I'm definitely aware of what I'm doing, even as I'm eating, as I am with the non-drinking. And my toolbox is pretty full. I work pretty hard at it. But it wasn't, unfortunately, the junk food wasn't a priority in the first, you know, few months. And I said, okay, I'll eat what I'll eat. But now I've had enough of that. It's like, okay, put that to the side. Let's go on to the next thing we've got to deal with, really. Building a new us. What about you, Karina? What would you use from your toolbox to help you, from your sober toolbox to help you going forward with this one? Yeah, I mean, it's something I've just thought of because um, I had a reset on my junk food and sugar again yesterday and today it's like I've got to do something about this and um, I've got to start taking this as seriously as I do my sobriety. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you've got health issues. Yeah, and, and like King, mm-hmm. I, I eat healthily. I eat organic. I eat whole foods. I eat, And then I just have these cravings of just wanting to eat um, rubbish. and. Um, one of the things just quickly that triggered me yesterday was because uh, I've been struggling for a while, but I, I'd been sort of nearly two weeks without junk food, but I'd been cheating a little bit. Like I'd have a pump of caramel syrup every now and again in the frappuccino, you know. Yeah. And I started actually having drinking dreams 
um, so this is nearly 11 months on, of like that I just had one or two glasses of wine and did I need to reset? Well, actually what that was was my subconscious telling me that I wasn't really doing the junk food sugar thing completely because I was cheating the little squirt of caramel and a little squirt of custard, you know, so I wasn't. So something had to give. And yesterday I was in pain. I was having a blah day. I was lonely. I was bored. All the things that I realised during my sobriety would have triggered me to go and drink. Yeah. Didn't know that when I stopped drinking. Mm. But during my journey about three months in, I realised that that was a trigger for me. So I did exactly the same as I would have done for alcohol. Like, right, well, I've been cheating a bit on these sugars. I'm going to have to reset. So sod it. Let's go to the shop. Let's have a blood. Oh, <laughs> how many times did we get up? Um, I'm only drinking three days this week. And then you've yeah. already drunk your three days. And you think, sod it. I'll start this next week. Yeah. So I did exactly that. <sighs> so I went. I got a bar of Aero chocolate. I'm lactose intolerant. It makes me ill. I had some little chocolate eclair toffee sweets. Felt absolutely sick eating them. But I just ate them because it's like, well, I'm going to reset and I need to do it properly. I need to have this final blowout. But one of the things that got me through to come to your original question was when I quit smoking and alcohol last year, I was on a smoke-free app. And one of the mantras on there was not another puff, no matter what. And every day I had to pledge to that mantra and we had to say it and we had to type it. And so when I then, you know, I did that and then I had a little slip with the drinking and I found the I Am Sabre app. So I changed that around to not another sip, no matter what. Mm-hmm. So I had two of those. And so now I can't say not another mouthful, no matter what, can I? Because I have to eat. <laughs> so I'm going to have to um use that i think to not another bit of sugar no matter what or not another bit of junk maybe i don't know what do you think no junk in the trunk no matter what um (laughs) (laughs) no um (laughs) i was just thinking about junk food you just said junk sorry um i don't know if you can tell but (laughs) I'm happy this morning. I've had very little sleep. (laughs) And that is another thing that's my own fault. How many of you, we used to sleep really, really badly when we were drinking. Mm. Uh, King, did you sleep badly when you were drinking at all? Oh, hell no. Only until 3 a.m. I used to zonk out. (laughs) Now I'm not sleeping at all (laughs) so much. Yeah. Do we put that down to the same kind of thing? We are abusing our body in a certain way because of the sugars. I knew last night when I ate that ice cream, it would make me sleep badly because the one thing I've discovered is I have a cutoff time, six o'clock. That's my cutoff time. If I don't eat, if I don't have caffeine and sugar um, after six o'clock, I'm all right through the night. Now, last night it was about 7.30 and I am eating a little cup of ice cream after I'd eaten the last Magnum. It was the last cup of ice cream, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds really bad. As you do, yeah. Uh, And I knew and I checked my sleep pattern this morning and it was rubbish. And four o'clock this morning, my eyes were open and I'm thinking, I know why this happened. And it's your own stupid fault. You know, and it's it. You, you do these pep talks in the same way that we did with alcohol. How many times, King, how many times did you stand in front of the mirror and pep talk yourself every morning? 
You mean before alcohol or after? Uh, before giving up, when you were trying to give up. Once. <laughs> Once. I stared at her and couldn't believe, and I had a really good talk to myself, and the next day I quit. You were lucky. I, don't, I can't remember how many times I stood there. How about you, Karina? Every day. Every single day mm-hmm. of, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just that conversation of I'm not going to. I'm not going to drink again. I'm not going to do this anymore. And that's it. I'm quit. Never again. I think you know. I got the point. Um, I was at the point, though, where I didn't want to look in the mirror. I wasn't ready to quit because I knew if I had to have that talking to myself, I had to commit. So I knew long before what was going down and I knew I was in trouble. And um, But then it got to the point where I just said enough is enough because I, I looked in the mirror and I could see nothing. There was just death that stared back at me and I thought you're either going to kill yourself which you're doing anyway or it's going to kill you and it was just at that point that I really really said you've got to get serious because I just blow it off yeah she'll be right get around to it tomorrow you know like I know I've got a problem but oh we've got another function to go to oh we've got another dinner to go to oh but you've just bought me 12 bottles of wine for the week no no you know there was always a reason there's always an excuse Mm-hmm. So, um, and I agree with what you say about the sleep. The sleep wasn't good sleep. It was terrible sleep. You know, it was flaking out just completely zonk sleep. But now, you know, you get the, the REM sleep and it's so much better. Even if it's at small intervals, it's so much better for you. My sleep was bad last night. How, what was your sleep like last night, Karina, after all that junk? Um, it actually wasn't too bad and I actually slept really quite well so I probably went into a bit of a, a sugar coma <laughs> um, <laughs> to be fair. Um, but what was better what I noticed was I didn't have the bad dreams or the anxiety dreams so obviously my conscious was like well I've done it I've reset my conscious was clear I need to get back on this um, so you reset before bedtime yeah I did reset before bedtime after I'd had my last chocolate eclair I reset. Um, I reset. Yeah. But do you know what? Just listening to King talking about um, how it was for you with, with the alcohol, um, that's exactly how I have been with the junk food and the sugar. I just I, some, Most days I take it seriously and other days it's just not. But I want to take it seriously. I know it's a problem and I think I've got to that point now. Probably that was my, my talk to myself in the mirror last night was enough is enough. And it's actually had me in tears this morning. Enough is enough. This has got to change. You are are harming yourself. Um, and you need to do something about it. Because the sugars with me um, trigger all my arthritis and my FND and my fibro. It makes it all so much worse. Um, you know, and, and the lactose, the chocolate I shouldn't be having. It, it ulcerates my bowel. It makes me nauseous. It makes my joints hurt. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's really, I, I shouldn't be doing it. I know I shouldn't be doing it um, because it's no good for me. And actually, if I think about it, apart from me not having to check my phone to see what mad texts I've sent to people, what mad phone calls I've made, um, and not being completely loop-the-loop in my brain, apart from that, it's not a lot different from alcohol and what it does to my body. No, because uh, it's all refined sugars, isn't it? It's all processed stuff. Um, everything that we we crave, it. it I, I don't know. I, I think they put some sort of secret ingredient in it. 
They do. You know, it wouldn't they surprise do. me. And um, those are the kind of things. Um, I don't know what your TV's like, Karina, or yours is like, King, but we've got um, – it's crazy because you have all these medical over here. You don't get it in the UK, but we get it here, all these medical ads on the TV. Yeah. And then the next one you'll see is for beer or uh, fast food or, you know, go and get a big slushy, things like this. I mean, it's crazy. It's both ends of it. There's no very little healthy that is ad that is advertised on TV. I don't know about the UK. How's their advertising for for foods and healthy eating and things like that? Do they do that much? Oh, in the UK? Yeah. Um, no, we had, um, oh, what's his name? Oh, the chef, really good, naked chef. Jamie, I can't remember his name. Jamie, Jamie Oliver. Oliver. Jamie Oliver. Yeah. Yes, yeah. he promoted a lot about healthy eating and stuff and really got us sort of realising what was, was going on, I think. But no, apart from then, they go about your five a day. But, it, you know, it's it's compared to the other adverts for the mcdonald's that has got additives in that gets you hooked yeah. and makes you come back apart from you know that the foods that they they do they do put stuff in and it, it is the same i'm just thinking about this now actually this is what i need to use i think um with the the sugar the evil sugar bitch as some of us have referred to yeah um like i like the wine rich really is because i do when i get that craving now or when I look at alcohol I, I I'm literally sticking my fingers up here and going you're not getting me you fucker oh yeah I, I know I know your secret your secret's out and you are not getting me and I need to do that that's what I need to put in my toolbox for my sugars and my junk food it's like you can advertise and put this wonderful stuff out there but I know the truth that's it and, you know I need to stick to my truth and um and not let you get me Here's one, being true to ourselves, which we have not done for a lot of years. Hmm. We haven't been true to ourselves because we've masked everything with alcohol. Now we're hitting the sugar. I mean, I can't believe it because when I first stopped, I lost 12 pounds. I was, I was really good. I've put about seven of it back on within the last two months and it's annoying me it's starting to annoy me are you guys getting annoyed now at how you are behaving to yourself king are you pissed off baby yeah. <laughs> i was talking to you last night about it i said the, the best i look was the first three weeks because the first two i was sick as a dog so i lost about <laughs> 10 pounds in a week and um, and now I've put that and more back on. I have pimples. I have things that I have never had in my life. So I'm at the pissed off point and it's, something's got to change definitely. Yes. It's, it, it's not good. I've had my you? run, had my fun. It's over. That's it. How about you, Karina? Yeah, I've put a stone on. Um, I put a stone on and I just cannot shift it. Um, I've tried. I'm January um and you know, I did do paleo, and we did. We did, I did hit fifty days, and that was fifty solid days of eating really healthily. And I did get the weight down, and then I just went straight the other way again, and went straight back on. And I'm heavier now. I mean, the weight that I am now is is the weight that I was when I was about to give birth to Jack twenty four years ago. Um, do, you think, oh, wow. do you think some of um, 
it's it's not an excuse or anything. So, but do you think, I mean, we all know that life gets in the way of a lot of things and you were doing so good. And then um, there was the diagnosis for Andy. Do you think some of that threw a curveball at you and threw you off track a bit? I think we kind of knew something. I, I, we kind of knew his leukemia was back, but we hadn't had the diagnosis. So that was it. It was like, right, we're going to start eating healthily. Um, you know, we're going to do everything right. We're going to try and, you know, combat this. Um, and then what happened was Easter came around and we just sort of caved a little bit at Easter. Didn't have a lot of chocolate, but had a little bit. And, um, and then when we saw the consultant and they were going to start treatment with Andy, um he said so you won't be able to drink alcohol but you so just go and have a good drink this weekend but told him <laughs> put in a kilo <laughs> so said we'd, had a, we'd said we'd had a bad weekend at easter and he said we spoke about this last time andrew but by the way go and drink alcohol this weekend because you won't be able yeah. to drink and I kind of, doctor. yeah and that kind of just put me in a spiral of like well you're just not understanding this really um and we just gradually, I think, yeah, you're right. It just gradually started to slip. Um, and more so for Andy, because he has to go into hospital three days or had been three days a week. And I'll tell you what, Bart's is a wonderful hospital. But when you look at nutri- nutrition is what we need to repair and make us better. The food has been horrendous, absolutely horrendous. That He's had to take food into top up, you know, breakfast, yeah. like plastic bowl of cornflakes for like a you know 56 year old man like I can't believe some of the food that Dan's been served yeah. and with yeah. all his health conditions he's a, he's yeah. on dia- dialysis and they feed him they feed him uh mac and cheese <laughs> I mean, oh yeah. macaroni crazy. and cheese he's a diabetic he's on dialysis yeah it's, it's crazy. crazy it's crazy but we'll have a pause yeah. there and we'll grab another cup of tea and when we come back we're going to talk about we do some ladies Zooms on a Friday and we always throw out to our ladies in our groups for suggestions. And King came up with some suggestions that really resonated with you, Karina. So when we come back in a bit, we'll start talking about some of those suggestions and maybe we'll ra- we'll round this all up with a promise about the sugar and how we are going to commit ourselves. So that's the way we'll finish it off. But we'll, we'll take a little break and grab ourselves a drink. Well, hi, guys. We are back. Excuse me. I, sorry, I just ate a cookie. (laughs) After the little chat we had, I made a cup of tea. (laughs) And I had a cookie. It was a healthy cookie, though. So, yes, it was a good cookie. Um, Before we broke up for a little uh, cup of tea, we said that we're going to touch base with King uh, about some things she wanted she thought would be good to be discussed amongst the ladies groups that resonated with Karina so I'm going to sit back put my feet up and drink my tea and let Karina talk to King about what uh, resonated with her about those subjects so go ahead Karina I'm going to put my feet up thank you um yeah we were just talking in the ladies group weren't we about a a zoom for our our um, ladies thing and and the, one of the three well it was three things that that you'd put king and one was are you experiencing and feeling what you thought you would at your milestones and I thought mm, that's really interesting isn't it because what what do we expect at 
our milestones and how does that change through our journey so how was that for you well at nearly and I do say nearly with encouragement (laughs) nearly six months I thought I'd be cured (laughs) that's how delusional I was (laughs) I thought no problem I've stopped drinking this is the end I've hit 30 60 90 days I'm good well, hello, sunshine. What a joke that was. <laughs> um, <laughs> the reality um, is so much different. <laughs> and look, it, I'm, I was very lucky. I think up until about the four-month mark, I had a really good run. I was having good days and I've worked hard at it. I do a lot, as you ladies know, with reading podcasts, YouTube speakers, the app, just other apps. In fact, I got overwhelmed and probably still am a little now. So, But then I all of a sudden just hit a wall and it was really when the sugar started you know I wasn't sleeping things weren't going well I was putting on weight I was not as motivated but at the point it was like when I was drinking I didn't really care I was like I've just got to get through this sobriety thing this is what's hitting me the hardest and I've never ever really tried to stop before Um, I had a break once before only and that lasted two and a half months and I thought I was good to go again and I started again. And as we all know, if you ever stop for a period of time and you start again, it hits you twice as hard, three times as hard. It really does. And it was something I didn't know. I've learned a hell of a lot in my time just researching. So at the point I am now, I've accepted it. And I think acceptance is a big part of it. As you go along the journey, you never know what tomorrow is going to hold. And I'm prepared for that now and uh, got the armour on and I'm ready to continue to battle. Although Saturday I could have chucked a wobbly as I did. Mm. So your next milestone is what? It's, um, well, 165 is Wednesday, 165 days, so about five and a half months. Yeah. Yeah. And as Karina said, how do you feel about those milestones? What effect do they have? I, I, I just, I sort of... I look around and go, you're talking to me? (laughs) Because if you hadn't known me before, and it was the reason I told you that I didn't tell anybody for like two or three months is because no one would dare believe me. No one would believe me. It's like, oh, yeah, sure. Sure she is. Give her a month. (laughs) So, you know, I mean, all of us really should be proud, whether we're at day zero trying again, whether you're, you know, six months, 12 months a year, We've all worked really hard and continue to do so. So part of me is really proud and the next part of me is shit scared of what's coming next. <laughs> I think it's a genuine. Yeah, to be honest. Do you feel that? i I got to admit, I mean, I'm leaving this to you, but i got to put my, I, I, there is a genuine fear. Yeah. You know, I feel, like, like what Karina and I have said before, my, my fear is drinking. I fear mm. drinking again. Mm. You know. Yeah, I know the fear for me is what I went through in those first two weeks of giving up. I'm, I can't forget that. That is very strong in my mind. It was not a pleasant experience, I can tell you. And I did it alone. Um, and I was thinking back, because when I'm sick, I like to be on my own. But thinking back, it would have been really nice just to have just one person there to hold your hand or just to be there for you because I just basically locked myself in the room like prison and did it on my own. And um, I don't know who I was telling, but there's a service actually advertised here on Tally now where you can actually call somebody to come into your home as you're detoxing. 
And I think it's a great service because I'm not one to do things around a lot of people. I had to do this and I had to do it on my own for myself. Um, but I sure as hell thought, gee, you know what, maybe I would have looked at that service and got that person in just even for 48 hours, just to get me through those first three or four days. Because I thought, is this how it's meant to be? Because I thought I was going out of my mind, you know, I thought this is really tough. And then all of a sudden I just came good at about day 10. So I'm sure it's different for everybody, but I, as I said, I've been drinking daily for a very long time. So I knew it was going to take some effort. Was, was there anything in particular that you did to get you through those that early two weeks? Just try to ride the wave, Karina. Just try to ride mm -hmm. it. Um, just keep telling myself, actually, I can remember purging, thinking, get out of me, you devil. Just get out of me. I want you gone. And it was, it was almost like an exorcism. It was really mm -hmm. weird. I thought, what am I doing? And I thought I felt so sick. And I was never one to vomit when I drank, never. Um, but that it was, it was really like getting the devil out of me. That's exactly how I felt. And then there was this cleansing that followed afterwards. It was really quite strange. It was very spiritual. It was, yeah, something, as I said, I don't really want to experience again. I don't want them back. I don't want him near me. Mm. No, no. So that's sort of a, a good deterrent, isn't it, to not go through mm -hmm. that again. Mm -hmm. But It was frightening. And, and that, it was really scary. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it sounds it actually. And um and Polly and I have, have talked before about how when we stop drinking, it's almost like stripping ourselves bare. We're absolutely raw mm -hmm. and it sounds as if you were were really raw. Yeah, and at the point I think too, I thought, is this going to get better? You know, why aren't I getting better in a day or two? I think Yeah. Okay. No, you're right. It was very, very raw. Um, I felt like my nerves were creeping out of my skin at times. I didn't get the shakes. That was funny. And I was only really sort of sick vomiting one day. But the rest of it was just clawing, white knuckling. How can I? I was like down to the hour, down to the next 10 minutes. What can I watch next? What can I do next? I was like that pacing husband waiting for a baby to be born. I didn't know what to do with myself because my routine was completely out of whack. And my drinking was a routine. Um, I've always lived by routine and that included alcohol. It just sort of fitted in with what I did every day. It just became part of every day. So it was very, very difficult, but I just had to believe that this, is, this was the right thing to do, you know, and I wasn't going to let it. It took every ounce of my being to conquer that. I was going to swear really badly then, but just to conquer that demon, just to get him out and get him away. Yeah, and and you did it, and um, but we talk very much. Well, m many of us say it is like a roller coaster ride, isn't it? This so the expectations that we might have at milestones and the feelings they kind of come and go, and we we do sometimes feel different things from what we expected. Um, and I know, sort of, you know, you're coming up to six months now, and you said you imagined it all to be okay, and we know now that that it's not. We are work in progress, but possibly the rest of our lives, which we'll come on to, because that was another thing that you'd mentioned. So we'll come on to that in a bit. But um, how have your expectations around milestones changed on your journey? Um, I think you just really, expectations now, I don't have so many as just try and be in the moment and get through the day. Um, I want my days to become normal. 
And I think it was Lilo that was saying, you know, that he doesn't count his days anymore. I have a little board. I go out, I put what my day, what day I'm at on the board and I leave it and I go about my day and I want it just to become very normal to me. Um, I try and spend the least amount of energy possible. In fact, zero thinking about alcohol. If it rears its head, I tell it it's unimportant to me. You're not important to me. Go away. I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to think about you. Um, and I, yeah, I just try and get on with it. But having said that, you know, we feel the feels now. That's really strange. Mm. Like I get little bursts of pings, like I'm so happy about something and I don't know, I could be vacuuming and I'm thinking, why am I so freaking happy? And then all of a sudden it's gone and I'm back to normal. And then I can end up crying and think, why are you crying? Oh, you're homesick and you put it down to that or some other reason. But the feels are quite strong. And, again, it's just part of the journey of having to face what we weren't facing before and dealing with it. But you deal with it so much better. You know, I know that I've said it sounds like a nightmare for anybody that's trying to stop for a long period of time. But it really is worth it because with the clarity and the enjoyment that you get out of just moment-to-moment living now, it makes the world so bright. You know, I said to my sister, it used to be grey and now it's just full of colours. And I enjoy every moment um, for the most part, but I do understand there are going to be challenging days for sure. That You just have to get real about it. I'm just going to ask you a question. You said about um, crying and then you go, well, I was homesick. Before when you were drinking, I don't know about you, it happened to me. If I was crying when I was during my drinking period, I would cry for a long time. Yes. It would yes. last and last. Now, if I get a sad moment, I understand why I'm sad and I deal with it. Whereas before, I would wallow in that sadness because it was an excuse to carry on. Yeah, and you'd repeat it too. I'd go mm-hmm. back to the days of all my trauma and come on, Deb, it's about time to move on. You know what I mean? Like, let's get it together. Let's move on. You've been down this track. And, you know, there were times when you were maybe not in the right headspace and you'd have another reason to cry about it and it'd be the same reason. But now, no, it's, you know, I've dealt with it. Um, I've accepted it. I've put it, it's beside me. It's okay. It'll always be there. But you're right. I don't have that heartache and heartache. I still have a real huge problem with saying goodbye. I don't do them ever. Um, If somebody... Wants to take me to the airport, they're not allowed. I don't let anybody take me to an airport. I just go on my own. They're welcome to come and see me when I come home or I'm traveling somewhere else. I just can't do goodbyes. I just cry. I'm hopeless. And Karina's just stepped out for a minute. And uh, so you and I will carry on. And back to the expectations part. I mean, my ex- people say, What are your expectations now? Yeah, my what expecta- are yours? <laughs> mine now are just, I just expect to wake up in the morning. I take joy in the fact that I open my eyes. You know, I was looking down at flowers and not up at roots. Yeah. You know, um, I'll take that as a blessing. My expectations are not what they used to be. Um, I suppose I have low expectations in some ways. I just want to enjoy my day. And it's just today, my expectations are just to enjoy today. You know, tomorrow, 
well, yeah, there is going. It's going to get here at some point. I know tomorrow they're going to give me a blooming needle in my eye again. Oh no! <laughs> Ouch. Ouch! But the expectation from that one is that my eyes will get better. Yeah, yeah. You know that's why you do these things. But no, I'm just gonna. I just expect to get through my day, you know, and go to bed with a smile, actually, because I go to bed sober. And I hit the one year mark and some friends sent me um, cards, like birthday cards, one year olds. And it was gorgeous. And they're still up and every time because I so enjoyed that milestone Karina's going to get the same thing soon that one year milestone and I the the cards are just every time I walk past them I'm not taking them down and every time I walk past them I have this huge smile on my face they just make me so happy because the bonus of all of this sobriety and it's happened for the for Karina and you as well the friendships I mean that is one Mm. of the delights of this journey um but that was that that was me talking about expectations but Karina's back she popped out for a minute so what was your next question Karina (laughs) that you wanted to ask King Uh, well the other thing that King has said about was what was um when you want to drink, what is your best toolkit in the box? But I think we've kind of covered that, isn't it? What was yeah. our game? So we've kind of yeah. covered that. So the last question you'd asked was, is total recovery possible? And if so, how do you know? Um, so I don't know, that's a difficult one. Is total, do we think that total recovery is possible? Well, that's the reason I asked it, because it is a very difficult question. And I don't know that anybody has the answer. I should probably throw it over to you ladies because you're further ahead than me and to see where you feel now in your journey because, you know, you guys. I'm still going one day at a time. I'm, I, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't give, I don't think too far ahead Mm. because I don't know what's around the corner. Um, It could, you know, who knows what's, what's going to happen. And the one thing they say in AA is you never, ever graduate. This is, this is one thing you never, ever graduate from. So there is no graduation ceremony at the end of this because there is no end to it. This is a daily journey. But the days get better. The days get, um, I would, easier is the wrong word to use because that gives a false sense because Karina at 10 months has had some bad days recently. I've had some blah days But I put those down to um, even if I wasn't drinking, I'd probably have a blah day at some point or other. It's perfectly normal. Is that how you feel? Even, you know, coming up on your six months? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's you just got to ride it, don't you? You just Mm got to ride it out. Um, You'd like to believe that recovery is possible, but I never take it for granted. I never take this for granted because God knows what happened to me. Saturday proved it, and that was the first real sort of kick in the guts I'd had up until this point, and it came strong. It really did. Um, And that's, you know, that's a concern, and I don't want to 
sort of give anybody the idea to, to ever think or do this, but I'm one of those people that you just can't tell me. And if I decide that's it, it can happen in a split instant that I'm out that door and I'm going to the bar and you can't stop me. But I instead came into the bedroom and I opened the drawers I'm a very clean person normally, so this really upset me. This was, like, challenging. And I threw everything out of the drawers on the bed and I started sorting. It was the only thing I could think of to do because my energy had built up that much. I had to, you know, release it. And it was either that or get out the door and go and have a drink. So I think I made the right choice. I think that's a good way to describe it, actually, that it built up because we feel this building, don't we? And we need an outlet. Do you think that was how you were feeling, Karina, when you said about how you were doing that at the weekend? Um, with regards to the sugar and things, yeah, mm. the, things were building up and building up and building up. And But I don't know what was building up, really. It was just the craving that was building up. It was mm. just the craving mm. that I just wanted sugar. And, and I think... I think it comes back to that choice, doesn't it? That we know at that time that we have a choice. King, you know that you had a choice to go to the bar had you wanted to on Saturday or you had the choice to do something different, to distract and divert. And it's the same as me. I, I had a choice. And do you know what? I actually put my shoes on three times to go out and try and stop myself. And it was just like the old alcohol argument. Well, I don't need it. You'll be all right without it. Just sit down and watch them. No, but I really want it. You know, And it was backwards and forwards, putting my shoes on and off. Until I, and what I actually thought was, well, just go and get it. Just go and get your chocolate because then you've done it. And that argument was stopped in your head. And it was the argument that I wanted to stop. It was the going backwards and forwards. And it had just built such a crescendo that I just kind of gave in. I, I gave in. And, um, you know, and I did. I'm not going to regret it. I did. Um, I think we learned something from from every time we reset on whatever our substances um, that we learned from that, and it makes us a bit stronger next time. Um, but I think, you know, to, to come back to the question is is total recovery possible? Um, I don't want to test it out because how would you test that out with alcohol? Mm. It, by thinking, mm. well, I'm never or I'm never going to have a thought again. I'm never going to have that argument again. Is it by thinking um, like many of us have thought at milestones? Yes, I've made it to five months. Oh, just have a little drink to celebrate. Perhaps you can just have one now, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we've all kind of had that. And, you know, is, is that how you test whether you're in recovery that you can now moderate? Um, to me, no, it's not an option. And I remember going yeah. to the dentist about two, three months ago and going to my dentist Um about you know my teeth and my sugar cravings and I needed a guard a mouth guard because I was grinding my teeth at night and I said to him because I'm now sort of I think it was about I was about seven months sober at the time and he went that's great fantastic well done I'm 19 years sober and I still go to AA three times a week and that struck me I thought no this really is work for life and we will work a lot of our life don't we a lot of our life we work um we're either at school or in education we're working this is another job that is the the best job we ever do um and it's something that we have to keep working at i've i've referred to this many a time as my rainbow journey mm-hmm. and in fact i bought myself some funky rocket dog trainers the other mm-hmm. other month with actually hand-painted rainbow and flowers on them 
and it's my rainbow journey because we've had that I've had the pink in the rainbow I've had the blue I've had the sunshine yellow I've had all the colors of the rainbow on this journey and you know there is this elusive pot of gold at the end of the rainbow isn't there um that we're all chasing that things are that things are better somewhere else and I've actually come to that that point that my pot of gold is in my here and now it's in my today it isn't anywhere else the grass isn't greener this is all we have is today and I need to see the gold in every day and sometimes those rainbow colors will be blue and sometimes they'll be pink sometimes they'll be sunshiny yellow but I have to keep my gold um, in the here and now and the trust and faith that I can do this but only I can do this it's only me I've been reading recently and a lot yeah. of what I've been reading is that everything we need is inside us yeah everything we need is inside us so Karina you are your pot of gold yeah you are it um it, it's all inside you um and there was a discussion I did a, a podcast yesterday with uh, ATX and she was worried about um becoming addicted to the app would you use the app either of you use the app and you had your sugar craving to help distract you like we did with um the alcohol the app helped us through those first months giving up the alcohol would you use the app in the same way to help you with your sugar craving i, I do you do king what about you well, yeah, if I can't sleep, I'll get on the app at night and have a read. Um, but I don't spend a great deal of time on the app, I've got to say. Um, I pull back a little bit. But lately I have been reading at night and just um, just checking in to see, you know, what's going on. Um, and the reason I did bring up the whole question about recovery is someone very close to me was sober for nine years and completely fell off the wagon, had a shocking accident, almost killed themselves, um, resulted in me having to fly to Australia and helping out. Um, I don't want to say who in case they hear this, but helping mm -hmm. their partner out and, um, and the little boys who um, yeah, are very close to me. So, you know, having said that, I'm not sure that I do believe it is possible now. Um, and then stopped again and then started again and still sort of, I think, stopped at the moment. But that's a long, long time, you know. And then we know other people who have done a long period of time with sobriety. And then for some, as I said, that's what scares me, that instant second, that instant of just I could have gone out that door, but I wanted different on Saturday. I wanted different because normally my response would have been to fly just to go and do what Deb does and disregard everybody else because that drink was the most important thing at that time and I wanted to get out and talk to people and da-da-da-da-da and no, you know, I just stopped myself. I didn't even get to the door. I said to myself, you want different, go and in the bedroom and start cleaning up, do something. <laughs> so it was a good thing. That was a turnaround and that gets back to that act, you know, awareness, clarity, turnaround. I turned it around that day so... Yeah, Sunday I was uh, feeling a whole lot better about that. I think that's the that's the reward, the mm. fact that you didn't, and then the next day you're thinking, you know, I didn't do it. You know, I really want this. I didn't do it. But 
going back to what you said just before it, when you said, you know, this is me, this is, I'd be out that door. It just proves how selfish we become when we do drink. We are our focus when we're drinking. We want our drink. And our mind changes once we become sober, doesn't it? Because, um, because we see a bigger picture, because we notice the people around us that we didn't notice before in a, in a different kind of way. And um, I, th- I think when you think about the AA meetings and you see people who've been sat in those chairs, and Drifter has raised this as well, they sit there and they're still sitting there 30 years later in an AA meeting. Karina's yep. dentist, 19 years still going to AA meetings. So no, you never recover. You are always in recovery. It's, it's a life. It, it, mm. this, is, this is, it's your new life. It, it, they, some people say rebirth and it is a rebirth because you, you're reborn into this new person. You educate yourself so much differently. Um, yeah. How much, Karina, how much reading have you done in the last few months compared to before? Um, compared to before, before, before I gave up? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. loud. I, I don't think I'd ever read anything. Um, the only thing I'd read on alcohol before uh, or done on alcohol before was in my professional element and the training on drugs and alcohol. Um, but it doesn't cover anything like the Annie Gray stuff or the unexpected joys of being sober or alcohol mm-hmm. nights. None of that stuff, even professionally, that I've learned over the years. Um, so, yes, now I absorb everything like a sponge <laughs> and I'm just thinking totally differently um, about the whole subject, really. Um, and I know it's something that I'm going to have to keep reminding myself of. Mm-hmm. To be fair, I probably do a lot of the, the podcasts. I've listened to a lot of the stories, a lot of the Sober Town podcasts, because to me now in my early days of sobriety, I read quite a lot. I haven't read quite so much over the last month or two, but I have been listening more to the, the, the podcasts um, and, and those sorts of things because I can just plug them in and the ladies in the ladies groups, because I can just listen to that as I'm going about my day and um yeah there's not a day that goes by that i don't listen to or read something about sobriety um what about you king yeah um, totally agree with karina um i sort of soaked up everything i could on quick lit and it really did help you know when you're having those moments and i'm focusing on more now on my relationships with people who are directly on the app and the podcasts I love, as I said to you ladies, it's great to see you on the train because <laughs> I have spent months and months listening to every word you say and the encouragement and listening to people's stories and then seeing them in the Zoom meetings. I mean, it's fantastic because this is real. This is people's lives and I've learned so much. I can't thank everybody enough just for sharing and there is no right and wrong and everybody, as I said, should just be proud to be here, you know, because... I said today, I think I posted something to the women's groups about how courageous you are for just being here, you know, and you really yeah. are. It takes a lot of courage to take a good look at yourself in that mirror that I wouldn't look into and realise that you've got to help yourself because it really does start with you. Nobody else can do it for you. 
And also within these ladies groups with so many different women in so many different professions and backgrounds and from all around the world, we are learning from each other because everybody's got their own perspective on something and someone will read something that they feel the others should know about or they'll they'll see a YouTube video that they think is going to help people. We are constantly looking mm. for inspiration for each other, not just for ourselves. Yeah, I think absolutely. this is the best part about these these groups and these podcasts is the amount of inspiration we're getting from other people. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, and the joy of, of, of knowing that we are also inspiring them as well. That gives you this good, feel-good feedback. Um, Karina, you did this, your, your life story and you got some absolutely amazing positive feedback. How did it make you feel inside to know that you were helping people? I'm really good because, you know, that's you know I've often said we don't do anything for for nothing it helps us to feel good we don't do things there's always a reason that we do things but to know that we're actually helping people which is the main reason you know I suppose there's two reasons that there's one way it's it's just good to get it out it's good to think about our story ourselves and to actually tell our story and to get it out um, because in saying our story, it becomes more real to us, I think, as well. And the second part is to know that we're helping other people and that people can resonate with, with that. And hopefully that will encourage other people as well to, to look at their, their life and their story. Um, because in the speaking and saying it, it does bring it to life and it makes it a whole, whole lot more real. And, um, and then that gives us a basis to almost... Yeah, it gives us like a, a grounding, doesn't it? A benchmark mm-hmm. to start from. Because we've told our story, we've set it out, we're stripped back raw. And then that gives us a new foundation to build up from again. And um, and just knowing that we're helping others. You know, often the ladies will say, thank you so much for everything you do. And, and I'm always like, thank you. Thank you for being here. Because, you know, that helps me. That helps me with my sobriety. It's, a, it's, it's, it's not just us forming the groups to help them there's a bit of selfishness in there that the groups help us as well so it's a two-way thing here's a question I'm going to throw out I didn't sit back very long did I with my feet up I had to interfere (laughs) gosh truth Paul we know you Uh, (laughs) here's a question for you I'll throw it out to King first how real is your life now compared to before yeah, it's um, <laughs> it's real, right, babe? <laughs> it's real, it's real. But you know, the real, it's the real deal, and I can deal better. So it's it's all. I've been pretty good at dealing with things anyway. My life's pretty much the same. I just don't have the glass in my hand all the time. Um, you know, like, and I've tried to maintain that sort of normality as much as I possibly could. And I've always said your atmosphere is really indicative of, of how you're going to be and where the journey is going to take you. I've tried to make my environment as stressless as possible, which, you know, it is. Um, I run my own show. I'm the queen of the house, which is great. And, you know, I don't, I have my boundaries. I have very strong boundaries of who I live into my life. I'm quite a private person. And it really is, I wouldn't have done this with you ladies, there's no way five months ago, but I've got, you know, to become really good friends with both of you and, you know, I adore you both and I trust you, it's a safe environment and it works. 
it really does work. I tried other things before this and other apps and they did not work for me. And there's a few people on this app I just completely adore and, you know, the biggest advocate for it. So having the least, the least possible stress, keep things simple in your life, guys. Keep it simple. Don't overcomplicate things. Keep it real. Keep it simple. And if you, as you say, if you don't deal with everything today, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. So I've let a lot of the guard down, a lot of the control gone, and just try and go with the flow more. And it's so much better for your heart and your head. It really is. I think letting go of control is is a big one and just letting the day flow over you. How about you, Karina? How real is your life? Um, very real. <laughs> very, very, <laughs> raw. very raw at times. Um, but, yeah, it, it's it's great. As King said earlier, and I know you've said before, Polly, it's, it's technicolour. You know, mm-hmm. it's, yep. um, it's not that black and white, slow, flickering movie that it was, you know. It almost got to the stills, the old black and white stills frame. That's how my show was. <laughs> and now it is full colour, full technicolour, moving at full throttle. Um, yeah, and it's it's great. It's good. I'm feeling, I'm feeling the feel, as we said. Mm-hmm. Um and I actually feel now, I feel every emotion and I embrace feeling every emotion, even even the crappy ones, you know, they're there for a reason. We're supposed and to feel them. We're supposed to feel them. So let's just mm-hmm. go with it. And I, one thing I like, and yes, I was talking about the Technicolor thing. I don't know if either of you have watched the movie Trolls, the little... No. Um, no. Poppy is the little little pink lady and her little companion is very gray the the one justin timberlake plays he's very gray until he gets his feelings back and then his color comes back and it's to the old cindy lauper song your true colors come shining through and i think that is so true because all of a sudden we've got our true colors shining out of us because we are really real people we feel it we love life now. That's the best part about this. Um, are we going to commit ourselves right here and now in front of the whole world, folks, before we climb off this train? What are we going to call this? This sugar bitch, this, this sugar witch. Evil sugar, sugar cow. Yeah. <laughs> mm, just- I am. You asked earlier if I use the app. I do use the I Am Saber app for junk food, and I have been for months, months since since January. Um, yeah. But I've been quite flippant about reset, and it's just like, oh well, I can just reset. Oh well, I can just reset. You know, I was never that flippant about alcohol. Um, so yeah, um, um, some people have said, yeah, that sugar really is a nasty, evil bitch. You know, <laughs> so that's well, there. And I'm, I'm I've reset yesterday on I Am Saber, but I've got to do it this time. Well, I am making a commitment. I got on the scales this morning and I am 153 pounds. Oh, I wish. Uh, (laughs) So I am going to make a commitment that when we meet in a month on the 21st of July, which is getting close to Karina's year. Yeah. It will be getting close to. Now, here we go. I am making a commitment when Karina celebrates her one year on the 5th of August. Am I correct? Yeah, 5th of August. I will be down to 145. That's my commitment. I've got until the 5th of August to lose uh, eight pounds. 
So that's what I'm going to do. So for your for your anniversary, I will lose eight pounds. How's about um, you, Mrs. King? Oh God! I Come on, you've got to make a commitment. Pounds. Came on here now, look. Well, I was going to start a little bit more gentle than that, and just so I could have ice cream on the weekends. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, commit, commit, commit. Um. Oh God. Well, I definitely need to get back to losing those ten pounds that I lost in the first three weeks. So, can I start with that? Yep. <laughs> and then, it, if I do more, just little. It's like with alcohol, small goals, small milestones. That's all it is, little little baby steps. If it's to lose uh, half a pound a week, that's two pounds a month. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, you've got to lose 50 pounds. is just overwhelming. It's like, okay, that's Don't do it. ridiculous. It's so like that's what I'm you... saying. I'm being realistic, Polly. <laughs> okay. It's like walking into day zero and say, that's it. I'm not drinking for the rest of my life. That is just too much pressure on yourself. Okay. I'll do, I'll do at least 10 by the 5th of August because the 5th okay. of August is my best friend's birthday. It's going to be a good day, Karina. <laughs> yep. Yeah. 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 So, Karina. So okay. So, I'm going to be down. So, I, I need to lose about five kilograms of tea. So, so um, yeah, about 10 pounds. So I'll be down to that. But I would have maintained that as well. I should have lost that by there, but I'm going to maintain it. And But more importantly for me, I will not be eating sugar between now and the 5th of August. I will not be eating the gluten that I'm intolerant of. I don't do that anyway. I will not be having any dairy that I'm intolerant of. And I will not be eating any processed foods. We will be pulling into the station in a little while Karina and I will keep you updated of our progress each time we climb aboard this train we are hoping that we can grab King again at some point because this was Yay. nice I liked it did you enjoy yourself <laughs> yeah it was terrific thanks for having me ladies <laughs> and um, god bless you for putting up with me <laughs> we love it so um we will close this out with our commitment to losing weight by the 5th of August, which will be our beautiful Karina's one-year anniversary, one-year soberversary. Yes, 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 yes. That will be a huge celebration. We will be chin-chinning all over the train for that one. We will definitely be doing chin-chinning all over the train. So, folks, thank you for coming aboard the train from our wonderful guest, King. Thank you and goodbye, everyone. And please take care of yourselves first. Okay, I'm from my colleague and beautiful friend, Karina. Goodbye, everyone. Not another sip, no matter what. And uh, King, it's been wonderful riding the train with you today and with you, Polly, as always. Mm -hmm. And from me, Polly, no sippy, no slippy. And uh, thank you. (laughs) Thank you, King and Karina, for keeping me company aboard the train. And we have made air commitment, folks. You heard it live and in person here. (laughs) So... I think it's my no sippy, no slippy that's uh, making this lady chuckle. It's been fun. It really has been fun, folks. And anybody who would like to ride this train with Karina and I, just put your hand up and let us know. We don't bite. It gets to be a bit of fun and it, it, it's all helpful. So thank you, folks, for riding the train. And we will catch you again next time.